Hello, and welcome to Biohacking with Brittany. Thank you for listening to this episode today. I am a registered holistic nutritionist, and I've also done additional education in functional medicine for women's health. And my new website is up. Woohoo! Round of applause. Please go check it out. It is so beautiful and modern. And kudos to the, oh my gosh, Shopify theme creators of it. And also kudos to myself for spending so much time doing it. It's like that Snoop Dogg quote. I don't know if you've ever seen it, but there's this speech he does when he gets an award and he says like, and lastly, I'd like to thank myself. And that's exactly how I feel. Just because it took so much work for the branding, for the photo shoot, for the development of the website, for putting all the content in and the flow of all of it. And I did it all myself. So kudos to me for doing that. And thank you past Brittany for putting the time and effort in. Please go check it out and give me any feedback as well. Like if you find something that's not working or there's like a misdirect or anything like that, let me know because I will fix it and update it for you. I've already gotten some feedback and people love it. It's very modern and it was actually really fun to do. I love like deep projects like that. So today's episode is an interview actually where I'm being interviewed. This was a really fun podcast episode. Me and Courtney, it's this is such a funny story. So we kind of talk about it on the show a little bit. So she has a podcast and it is called the Not So Average Podcast. And this is a woman, her name is Courtney Crocher. And we met in Toronto at Othership, which is like this sauna cold therapy class thing that you kind of go to. And I've talked about it on this podcast a while ago, but I went with my mom and I went with my older brother and it's beautiful. It's like the most healing thing I've ever done and cannot wait until they come to Vancouver one day. Anyway, we started talking and we just had so much in common. And then we followed each other on Instagram. And then lo and behold, I went on her podcast and it's been really cool. And I actually want to have her on mine now that I'm thinking about it because Or maybe she's already booked in because she has such a different healing vibe and it was really great. So you're going to hear this interview of myself and it was really interesting to go through my health journey. We talk a lot about preconception health. We talk a lot about the healing web, which is so popular on TikTok right now. It's like my most popular videos of like, you know, 1.9 million, 2 million are of this healing web. And so we, we get into that. We talk about biohacking. We talk about raw milk. So just like a bunch of different topics. It's a fun episode. It's a good, like well-rounded episode of everything that I'm kind of into. And so I hope you really enjoy this one. Stay tuned for Friday. I have an episode coming out all about women's health and it's very eye-opening. So that one on Friday is going to be very, very good. And of course, I put out podcasts every Tuesday and Friday. Sometimes they come out in the morning. PST, sometimes not so much, but you know what? They still come out and they still get published on those days. So just stay tuned for that. There's a small, small, small team at Biohacking Brittany, and we do the best we can. So enjoy this episode and shout out to Inside Tracker. I'm getting tested again by them. So I actually had a AMA on my Instagram stories the other day, and someone said, like, where do you get your hormones tested? And I said, inside tracker. 
So they come to your house, they like send a nurse, they take the blood at your house, or you can go to like a clinic and do it. And they test for over 48 different biomarkers, minerals, vitamins, and hormones. And so this is how I've always tracked my cortisol, testosterone, estrogen, progesterone, DHEA, I forget the other ones, but there's a bunch in there. And they also actually added thyroid as well. So that's where I do mine. And I really recommend to people, I trust the results. I like doing a blood test compared to a urine test for it. And I like that they come to my house and I don't have to go anywhere. Like I don't have to do anything. (laughs) So you just fast in the morning, they come take your blood and then they leave. Then they upload the results online and into your app and you get all of their recommendations to go with them. So that's Inside Tracker. You can use my discount code BiohackingBrittany linked on my new website for you to definitely check out as well. And a shout out to AG1. I, I said this the other day. AG1 is probably the most popular supplement brand out there right now. Like I don't know who else is at the level of AG1. I like I can't even think of who is at their level. Like their marketing and their reach is extravagant. Extravagant. And you know how I know that is because I have people talking to me about it who don't take supplements like my brothers, like all of these different other people. So I love AG1. I take it when I'm traveling. I like to use their like single packs and I just add it to my water bottle. Filled with minerals, vitamins, enzymes, and everything like that. Kind of everything that you would need. My argument would be if you're not going to take anything, take AG1, right? Like as a minimum of what you should be taking in a day, take AG1. So definitely check it out. Um, If you use my code, they send you a year free supply of vitamin D3 and K2. And that's actually really important right now because we're heading into winter over here in Northern America. And my access to the sun has significantly diminished. I think it has for a lot of us. So I really recommend upping your vitamin D levels if you can. Helps with mood, helps with cognition, everything like that. Last but not least, shout out to Fatty15. Holy smokes, this is the most interesting supplement I would say that has come out this year that I've seen. And I actually had somebody email in and say, thank you for bringing this supplement to my attention and finding them because otherwise I would not have found them. So Fatty15 is the first essential fatty acid that has been found in over 90 years. The last one that was found was omega-3. However, Fatty15 is three times more effective on a cellular level for your benefits than omega-3. So the anti-inflammatory effects of omegas, it's actually tripled through Fatty15, which is wild. It is absolutely wild because if you actually look at the Fatty15 supplement, first of all, you only need one and it's tiny. Secondly, there's no issues about quality. So when we talk about omegas, there's all of these questions of like, where are you getting it from? What type of fish? How are they treated? Like, is it from algae? All of these different arguments for these different DHA and EPA levels. However, with fatty 15, that is not the case at all. So it comes from one source. You can look at it on their website. They have all of these details and there's no quality issues like that. So I love fatty 15. I think it's I think it will be a staple in my life for the next, I don't know, however many years, especially as I focus on hormones, reproduction, and things like that. 
So check that out. If you use the link in my bio, you get a discount. There's no discount code for that one. And by link in my bio, I mean link in my show notes and also the they're on my website as well. So if you go to my new website and you go to shop and you click products, that is where you will see all of the products that I affiliate for. There's codes and all sorts of things there for you. So enjoy this podcast episode. I think you're going to get a lot out of it and I will catch you on Friday for another one. Brittany, welcome to the podcast. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to dive in with you today. We met at Othership in a sauna one day (laughs) and you don't even live in Toronto, which was so amazing. (laughs) I just remember like meeting you and we were having some random conversation. I can't even remember exactly what about, but I remember I loved your energy and I was so upset that when I left after Mm -hmm. I didn't like ask you for your Instagram or anything. I was like, man, I would have loved to keep in touch with her. And then I think Othership shared your post about going and I was like, oh my God, I found her. (laughs) (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. It was, um, Othership is just such an incredible experience. Like, yeah, I live in Vancouver and we don't have it here yet. And I really wish we did because it was so healing in so many different ways to go. And I like brought my brother and I brought my mom. Um, and it, it was amazing. And then, yeah, get, getting to meet you and other people is just part of kind of like what Othership does, you know, like they really just connect like like-minded people, um, in like this beautiful, safe community and space. And we honestly just need more of that in life. So absolutely. Yeah. I truly like was so excited to dive in. Cause I was like, Oh my gosh, how did we meet? And then I'm like circling it back. I'm like, this yeah. is so funny now that I think about it. Cause I swear, like I was beside you in the sauna and we just like ended up talking and it was just like so random, but so that always happens at other ship with me. And I just oh, feel like man. I meet the coolest people through them. So really nice. the best community, but I'm excited to dive in with you today about all the health and biohacking things. I've never had anyone who's in this world on the podcast yet so far. Um, And so I kind of want to just know some backstory on like how you've gotten into the holistic and biohacking practices. Yeah, absolutely. So I had different health issues when I was younger and it was very much before wellness became a thing, you know, as it is today. And I just struggled to find answers. So I went to my doctor, they did a bunch of blood work and they're like, nothing's wrong with you. And I was like, okay, but I'm having these symptoms and I don't feel good. And I I think I was like 16 at the time. And I was like, this isn't like how I should feel at this age. Like I shouldn't feel like this. Um, And so I took it upon myself to start working with a naturopath, which I knew nothing about, but I knew that there must be a different way to heal. And so through working with that naturopath in the beginning, that really opened my eyes to the role of nutrition and supplements and lifestyle medicine and all of these different things that I actually can control to be healthier. And then through working with her for a few years, I was able to heal my gut, which was like the root cause of really what was going on with a lot of my symptoms. And then that just made like born to this passion and love for natural health. And it kind of like changed over the years, but that was like the beginning of it because I just figured if this works for me, this is probably going to work for so many other people. Um, and that's how a lot of practitioners actually come to play is like, they go through it, they struggle, they know, and then they're like, okay, I'm going to see clients and do this same thing to be able to help people. And that's like very similar to how my journey is. That makes sense. Yeah. I definitely 
went down the same path. I was struggling with all of these undiagnosed symptoms and dealing with doctors who are telling you that there's nothing wrong with you. Um, I feel like in a lot of these stories, mine included, and I'm curious if you resonate, you almost have to develop skills to become your own guru and your own like advocate. I'm curious for you as you're going through that process, like if anything worked for you to start to tune into your own body to kind of know that something's off, but everyone's telling you you're fine. Yeah. Honestly, it's really hard. It's, um, it's hard to trust your intuition like that in the beginning, but the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Right. And then I kind of got to this point where I'm at now, whereas I trust my body more than I trust the doctor. Like if my body is reacting to a certain way, or certain food, or I'm having a new symptom, like I'm going to look into that and I'm going to figure out what's causing that regardless of what a doctor says. Now, mind you, I will, I will take it into account and I have a bunch of different types of doctors and people that I see because I do value what they say. But at the end of the day, I still trust myself more. Um, but it took me a long time to get there. And I think that's what happens yeah. to a lot of people. Yeah, that totally makes sense. I feel like now I'm like, I can know when something's off in my body so fast. But 10 years ago, I was questioning everything of like, is this normal? I don't know if this is normal. And just that, that weird feeling. And I think we're a little too used to feeling symptoms in our society and just writing it off as, oh, that's normal. Oh, you have chronic headaches every single day. Or you have got health issues, all those things. No problem. There's nothing wrong. Just keep trudging along. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's hard, right? Like everyone loves a quick fix. So it's like you have, an, you have a headache, like pop an Advil and you'll be fine. Right. But then you have recurrent headaches and then you're just popping Advil all the time. And then you actually need more to be able to get the same results. But it's like, why don't we just look at what's potentially causing the headaches, you know? And it's not always like as simple as a food reactivity. It could be that you are staring at screens too much and your brain is like not doing well, or you need to sleep better. Like there's so many different things that we could look at. Um, And I think that's why people struggle with it. It's, it can be really hard to identify the cause of the symptom and it's not easy You know, it's not like, let me go on Amazon and buy this quick supplement that's going to solve this thing. So it requires work. And I think that's why people struggle. Absolutely. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, For anyone who doesn't know anything about this world, what is the difference between a holistic nutritionist and then biohacking? Oh, interesting. Um, Biohacking, the way that I define it is holistic self-care for optimal health. And nutrition is almost like one pillar of biohacking. Biohacking is kind of this big umbrella of things that it includes that you can optimize. So nutrition, fitness, sleep, stress management, lifestyle, environment, hormones, all different things like that. And nutrition is really just one individual component of that. And that's actually why I moved more into the biohacking space a few years ago is that I studied to become a registered nutritionist and I, it was great and I'm glad I did it. But when I was seeing clients, it wasn't enough to just be like, Hey, here's this meal plan or avoid this food. We needed to really look at the whole picture. Like what makes you, you, 
what are you doing on a daily basis? Like what is the food that you're taking or what is the, you know, how are you sleeping? All these different things. And so that's how I kind of found biohacking. And then I just latched onto it and here we are. (laughs) Amazing. Yeah, Yeah. I feel like I was kind of resistant to finally leaning in. Like, I don't think I ever knew even what the term biohacking meant, but it was kind of what I was doing in terms of just, it's like an onion when you start to like peel back layers of all of these different health um, uncoverings, maybe is the kind of the word of just uncovering like truly what is healthy and what are, what is impacting our lifestyles? Like you just set up like the sleep and then what we're eating, what we're consuming. Are we looking at screens too much? Um, the environment, if I go to different cities, I find that my skin and like how I feel can feel so different just based on like environmental factors. All those things can be so crazy. And you can almost, it can be like a really deep hole once you get into it. Cause you're like, wait, this and this and this, <laughs> I was talking about cleaning products with my family the other day and how uh, I feel like I want to like get rid of all of the the harsh chemicals and I want to pivot. It's so funny how we can like one minute just be told that maybe something with gut health is impacting us. And then suddenly like a couple of years later, you're like a different person and you have yeah. completely different habits because of all the layers you're peeling back. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I just think that I think it's a good thing, right? Like, I think it's a good thing. And I think it sounds so cliche, but I think it's a journey. Um, it's a health journey. And I think a lot of people are on a health journey because of the society that we live in today. And they're like sick of it. You know what I mean? And they feel sick themselves. So they're like, okay, I need to do, I need to clean up my cleaning products. I need to, you know, look into clean beauty and stop using things that have like a lot of toxins in it as well, because they're tired of feeling and looking the way that they do. Um, you know, we're bombarded with toxins in society now, uh, whether it's like EMF or in our food or in our cosmetics. So it almost requires us to look at all the different facets and really optimize them. But I, I know it's a lot of work and I know it's a lot of, um, learning. So I I just want to encourage people that like, it's a journey and it takes years and time and just like one thing at a time, you know? For sure. And we have creators like yourself who like make it easy and digestible with information online. And I think that that can help the average consumer as well, because not everyone does get as passionate about this and wants to like take it on as a full like undertaking to learn everything and all the ins and outs and the readings and all that. So um, it's nice to have different creators who talk about this stuff and everyone has their own perspective in the space, which is really cool too. Um, in terms of like what niches they focus on. Um, I know for you, fertility is a huge topic. I'm curious, like what brought that passion and that like specific mm-hmm. focus on for you? Yeah, absolutely. So about a year ago, I think it was a year ago, I really started looking into preconception health and that was born out of the irregular cycles I was having and I also had a doctor think that I might have PCOS a few years ago. So when that kind of happened and I had this PCOS scare, we'll say, I was so shocked and I was so taken back by how could I, I have that? You know what I mean? Like how, how would this happen to me? I'm so healthy, these types of thoughts, right? And so that made me so aware of my cycle. I started tracking my cycle. Um, and started really looking into like cycle syncing and stuff like that. 
And then last year I was like, okay, it's time for preconception prep. And so this is like, how do we optimize my body and my eggs and also my husband's sperm prior to even trying to conceive? Um, and I really didn't see a lot of people talking about this. There are some people, there's a lot of like functional medicine doctors who talk about it, but people talk about fertility in the way of, oh, we can't get pregnant. What should we do? Whereas I was like, wait a minute, let's optimize right now before we even start trying. So being more proactive versus reactive. And when you're in that state of like, oh my gosh, we've been trying for a year, we can't get pregnant. That's not the energy that I want. Like, I don't want the fear. I don't want the, just all the negative emotions that would go with that, the stress and the impact on your relationship with your partner. So that's why I was like, okay, let me look into preconception health and let me optimize myself as much as I can for the next year. And then my husband did the same. And that's kind of the journey that we've been on most recently, because I just think it's so important to do that. Yeah. All right. I know that so many of us struggle with our hormones. We have a lot of confusion around our menstrual cycles, ovulation, having our periods, regulating it, and really just minimizing the symptoms that we often deal with. I have been there. I've had a mild PCOS diagnosis. I have had irregular cycles since I've been off birth control. I've had a ovarian cyst. And honestly, I've been through a lot when it comes to hormones in the last few years. So out of that, I really taught myself about cycle syncing. And this is the idea that during different phases of the cycle, we are doing different things. We are eating different foods, taking different supplements or drinking different teas for the nutrients, exercising differently in response to where our hormones are at at that time. And through living in this ebb and flow of our cycle, we can actually feel better. We can look better. Our hormones are happier. We're mentally better. We can sleep better. And this is exactly what I found. So I took everything that I did. I put it into an easy peasy guide for you. It's called the ebb and flow cycle guide. It's on my website. Go and grab it right now. This is literally going to solve all of your hormone issues. I'm not kidding. It's so, so good. And it's so easy to read as well. I also added in a part about seed cycling because I know so many of you are interested in seed cycling as well. So that means what seeds do we take during which phase of the cycle? These seeds have different phytonutrients in it that can help with the different hormones during the different phases. And I've also included over 30 recipes that are super tasty as a bonus. So these recipes are designed for the different phases. So you can have certain ones during your period, during ovulation and things like that. And of course, I included biohacks. I included which biohacks to do around ovulation to optimize that, how to optimize your menstrual cycle or your menstruation during your period and everything like that. Everything from castor oil packs to acupuncture to red light therapy to healing baths that, that I love. That is what I did. So this is my ebb and flow cycle guide. You can grab it on my website right now, biohackingbrittany.com. Go for it. And I hope you really enjoy it. There's been over 500 that have been bought already, which is so amazing to see. And I'm just so thankful that I get to help women with their hormones and on their health journey.
That's so cool. You know what? I Now that I'm, we're talking about it out loud, I'm like, I actually don't think I've ever heard of anyone talking about it proactively, only reactively. And I feel that my, my idea around it has been kind of uh, tainted because I have endometriosis. And so I led with so much fear around it. But I actually feel like once I got my endometriosis, like official diagnosis through my laparoscopic surgery, I feel like I kind of was like, oh, great. It's like I have endo, but I actually haven't done the deep dive on like fertility. It's always been in the back of my mind of like, when I'm ready, will I be able to have kids and almost all of those questions and a little bit anxieties as well. But then the next thought has been like, well, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. It's like future me problem when really like it could be something that could be taken care of now that would be such done in such an empowering way rather than waiting for that fear and anxiety to kick in of now we're having issues. Now it feels like my biological clock is running out and what do I do? Yeah, that's such a good way to put it. Like empowering yourself, um, knowing that you're doing everything that you can to set yourself up for success, improving your egg quality. Um, and it's not just about getting pregnant. Like there's research that shows that people who, who focus on preconception health and are healthier before conception have, you know, less chance of miscarriage, have healthier births. The baby is healthier. Um, and there's actually a, a podcast episode. Um, it's like four and a half hours by Andrew Huberman. And he talks about this. He talks about fertility like this. Um, and it's so good. So if you, anyone listening is like, I want to deep dive into the science. Listen I'm gonna to have this. to listen to that because I love Andrew Huberman. And I'm yeah. telling you right now, that is one I did not listen to. <laughs> yeah, it's really good. I listened to it like over a few different like walks with my dog. But out of this is like, I created this cleanse. It's called Baby Steps. And it's going to be a course that comes out next year because I had so many people online be like, oh, you're not drinking alcohol? Like, oh, like, you know, all of these different steps that I was doing prior to trying to conceive. And they're like, oh, I want to do that as well. So instead of it being a book, like a course is just much easier for people and it's like online and stuff like that. But yeah, I, I've just had a lot of conversations with friends who are like, we want to try to have a baby. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to avoid alcohol and take a prenatal, but like, what else can I do? That advice just seems so surface level. Um, what else can I do? And so that's why that course is being born. It's like, okay, here's a solid plan for a minimum of 90 days for you and your partner. Go for it. Oh, I love that. I will yeah. be getting that course. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Baby steps. What a cute name too. Uh, I love thanks. the marketing. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. I This is why I was so excited to bring you on the podcast because this is called the Not So Average. And like majority of average people, yeah. I feel that they might know those two basics of like, okay, don't drink and take prenatals. Maybe they know that, but they probably don't know why. And they probably aren't doing it. Like I feel that most people I talk to aren't having the, those proactive ideas. Um, and it only really comes up when fertility is an issue. And I like love that you're starting to shift the focus because yeah, just how empowering is that? If, if that's like the journey you want, like imagine how good that would feel to take control of that. And now you're going to send me into a whole different deep dive. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I, I want you to feel empowered. Um, and I also want men to be more involved as well. So that was something that I wasn't seeing enough, which is so interesting because men continuously create sperm throughout their lives, right? So 
the sperm that a man creates today actually doesn't get excreted until 90 days from now. So that means that if we optimize your health right now, like that's what we want to do. And then we want you to start trying 90 days from now because you want that optimal sperm, right? And there's so much that impacts sperm. Like cannabis is a big thing. Alcohol is a big thing. Processed food, not working out enough, like sitting too much, too much heat, too many hot tubs, like all these different things. So that is a big component of it as well is like you and your partner ideally go on this for 90 days and then minimum 90 days. And then you start trying. Yeah. So now when you start trying after the 90 days, you're actually getting that sperm that's healthier, which means that you're going to have a healthier baby. I mean, why wouldn't you want that? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's amazing. I did not know that about sperm. We're learning a lot here. Um, (laughs) That's crazy because I'm actually just thinking about this is so random, but like pop yeah. culture reference, Vanderpump Rules, when in that last season, I don't know if you watched, but like yeah. Tom Sandoval and Ariana, obviously the major scandal of the cheating scandal, but like yeah. before the whole thing blew up on the show, he was getting his sperm tested yeah. to see because she had frozen her eggs and she wanted um, to, whatever it's called, like fertilize the eggs with his mm-hmm. sperm so that they could have children down the road if they chose to do so. And he was getting his tested and they showed on the show, the doctors advising that he needs to cut down on alcohol and drugs and cannabis and all of the other things he's doing. And obviously he's been like a notorious character for consuming all of that. And he was like, not willing to take the time to lessen those substances and it was like obviously impacting the results. And you saw that on the show. It's a, such a random example, but I feel like a lot of people watch that show and see that, but then don't question like Why? what that would actually look like in, in practice for them and their partners. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I love that show too. Um, what's interesting is I actually had my husband test himself and before and after the cleanse, he actually tripled his sperm count, um, which was nuts. And so it was, <laughs> it was very high and he wasn't like a daily cannabis user, like let's say like twice a week, maybe, um, but alcohol like every weekend, uh, and not a super clean diet, like decent, but not as good as I wanted it to be. Um, and not enough water and like just other factors like that. So yeah, I was very shocked to see those results because I didn't think that that would happen. Yeah. Do you feel like that made him feel more confident? And like, I feel like so many men are, they can really (laughs) feel excited about that. And I mean, why wouldn't you, right? But I think it's like an easy way to dangle a carrot uh, for a man to like want to look into this because I think that it would be a really quick confidence boost for them. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. It's, It's important, right? Like the guys, they're actually not super involved once you're pregnant, right? Like- They're not really like, sounds bad, but like, honestly, they're not really needed. The mom is needed to be able to feed the baby, keep the baby alive. Right. Um, We just need a little bit of sperm. We don't even need that. We can like, I feel like there's other options now of something to fertilize. Exactly. So that's why I think a lot of guys have a lot of ego tied up into it. It's because they're like, this is the one thing that I get to do. This is how I play my part. So if we can encourage men to take ownership of their health beforehand, and be like, this is the minimum that you can do. Like you get to do this. You get to be healthier for three months, make better sperm, and then you're done. And then hopefully you get to triple your sperm count. You guys, (laughs) you know what I mean? Um, 
And how like empowering to men is that? So yeah, that's just what I wanted to Absolutely. Yeah. That's so cool. Wow. Yeah. I love that. That's amazing. And I feel that the overall conversation can be, I feel like we haven't talked about this it, like in how to navigate these conversations beforehand. Everyone, you know, the I think the question around when are you going to have kids is already intimidating for some people, especially yeah. the minute that they get married, the question starts, right? Just due to traditional norms and all of that. And so then to start to have the conversation around like preconception health, it, that's just such a new topic. Yeah. Are you tired of generic health advice that doesn't take your unique needs into account? Do you want to gain a deeper understanding of your health beyond the surface level recommendations? I want to talk to you about Inside Tracker's ultimate plan, the answer to your personalized health questions. With comprehensive blood biomarker analysis, it provides tailored insights into your body's needs. The ultimate plan tests up to 48 different blood biomarkers, including ApoB, cholesterol, glucose, magnesium, cortisol, vitamin D, and insulin. This comprehensive analysis extends your lifespan or health span and guides you to a longer and healthier life. Inside Tracker goes beyond generic clinically normal ranges to unveil your body's unique optimal biomarker zones, revealing where you're optimized and where your improvements can be made. They have science-backed recommendations on nutrition, fitness, and lifestyle, and are all personalized to your body's data, helping you reach optimal biomarker zones and achieve your wellness goals. Now with insulin testing included, you'll have the key to sustained energy and an early warning system for chronic diseases. This is actually really important. High insulin levels can increase the risk of conditions like heart disease, Alzheimer's, type 2 diabetes, obesity, and more. Inside Tracker's measurements and recommendations can help you maintain healthy insulin levels. So are you ready to control your health in a new and personalized way? This is the test that I do every few months and I am obsessed with it. And I change my healthy habits and my nutrition and my supplements based off of this data. You can go to insidetracker.com slash Brittany and you will get 20% off. You can use my discount code biohackingbrittany. It's linked on my website and linked in the show notes. So definitely check that out if you want to do an at-home blood biomarker test that looks at over 48 different biomarkers for you so that you can start optimizing your health today. Do you have any suggestions on how couples could start to like get in conversations around that? If if someone's listening, they're like, oh my gosh, I have to talk to my partner about this, but it feels weird. What suggestions would you give them? Yeah, that's going to be a part of the course too, is like, how do you navigate these conversations with your family and with your partner. I think that explaining kind of like I did that this is like the one thing that you can do to help us have a healthier baby and the rest is kind of on me. And we're talking about like heterosexual couples here, but anyway, I think explaining that and just being like, I just need you to do this one thing for a few months. This is what it's going to mean to me. This means that your baby is going to be healthier and kind of explaining it from a point of benefits, right? Rather than focusing on like, you can't have alcohol, you can't have cannabis, like just all the things you can't do. Let's focus on like the benefits that you're going to actually get from doing something like this. Um, That's probably how I would go about it. And then I would also say that start the cleanse or program when you're ready. 
Like if you're going to do it for a minimum of three months, like ideally you're ready to start a family after that, right? Like you could get pregnant right away. And are you ready for that? Those are also the discussions you need to have. Yeah. Cause like it could happen the first time and then you're pregnant and you're off. Like, so I don't know. It, there's a lot of discussions that need to be had. Absolutely. I yeah. I, a lot of my favorite podcasters and like people that I've looked up to for a long time have either gotten yeah. pregnant recently or had children recently. And it's so crazy to hear the stories of them, like, we'll get off birth control. And then like, they thought it might take a little while and then boom, they're pregnant instantly. And they're just, they almost, even though they were like excited about the idea, the reality of actually being pregnant that quickly mm-hmm. kind of freaked them out. And there's been conversations around that. So I think that's really a great point to make as well as like, are you actually ready yeah. to go through with this? Because the pre-stuff is yeah. literally meant to tee you up for a really per- beautiful yeah. journey. And that journey is going to get going right after this class. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, exactly. I've also hired, like, heard of, like, same thing. Like, some of my podcasters, like, they've had babies and stuff uh, recently. And some of them have struggled. And that's really hard to hear as well. Um, people who thought they would get pregnant right away, but it actually took six months or a year. Or they had recurrent miscarriages. And then they took a break. And then they got pregnant. Like, three of my friends had miscarriages last year. So I think that also comes from developing this course and doing this cleanse is like, how do I not go through that? How how do I do what, what can, what's in my control to, like you said, like team me up for the best possible outcome, Mm. you know, and it's, I can, I can avoid alcohol. I don't need to drink on a weekend. If my goal is so much bigger than me going out for cocktails, right? Like hundred percent. It's such a, your priorities completely change. The deeper um, why is there. Like when that's present, yeah. nothing's sitting in your way. You don't care yeah. anymore about a dirty martini. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. That totally makes exactly. sense. Do you feel like yeah. when you explain it to like, let's say you're on the cleanse and whatever, and I'm sure as a biohacker yeah. and like practicing a lot of the stuff you've had to chat about, yeah, I'm like fasting or doing a cleanse or whatever to somebody. Are your friends and family overall pretty supportive of it? Or do you have people like, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Yeah, I think at this point, I think my friends and family have been not surprised at all. Like they're just like, oh, you would do a cleanse. Like, like, you know, Um, but most of them have been like, we've never heard of this. Like we've never heard of the idea of detoxing prior to trying to conceive like what do you mean we didn't know we didn't do that like we have a kid and blah 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 so it's interesting because it's actually an opportunity for education but I also think I've been on such a you know significant health journey for so long that people aren't surprised by it but I think for people who aren't as much in the wellness space it might be harder to have those conversations that makes sense yeah yeah yeah. I feel like a lot of people in your life are probably like, what's she up to now? Like, you know, yeah. what? just knowing what you're passionate about, that totally makes sense. Yeah. And then that opportunity for yeah. education is so good because I mean, even just talking yeah. to you now, like I've watched your content and stuff, but I didn't that, like just see hearing this, whatever little five minutes that we've talked about this, I'm literally mind blown. Cause it's just, I'm yeah. not thinking of it this way. 
And so I hope that this is really mind-blowing for everyone else listening because I'm thinking of fertility completely differently already. And actually, like my mom had a miscarriage before even like I was born. I was kind of like the miracle baby. And I think about just that generation too and how little information they had and the fact that they literally had to go find books and libraries and stuff like that, right? The such a different generation. We have access to finger like access to information at our fingertips. And I mean, I know we should start to be steering clear of the technology, these EMF, (laughs) all these things, but being able to have people like yourself and courses like that, I'm so excited because that just sounds like a new wave of like younger generations and empowering men and women um, to be able to take control of their fertility and their health for like healthy babies, which hi, why would you not want that? I'm so excited to be a mom one day. I'm not there yet, but like one day that is, it's, it's truly something that I cannot wait for. I don't care about weddings. I just want to have a kid. (laughs) Yeah. I, I was the same way. Oh my gosh. I was the same way. Um, there's a book called Spirit Babies. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I feel like it's a book. Is that the one where they they choose their parents? Yeah. Yes. I Okay. I haven't read this, but I've heard okay. of this and I've been meaning to read it. So yeah. you're reminding me to read it. It's, I'm reading it right now. It's so beautiful. And I feel like it's so up your alley of like how to connect with your unborn child and the energy and like... Just the stories in this book are so good um, and so beautiful. And it's, I really encourage you, like, I know you're not there right now, but you could still tap into that. And that could be something you start manifesting for a few years from now, whatever that is like, and changing the way you're thinking about it. And that's something that I had to do as well is like, let's get out of this idea of fear. I'm afraid of getting pregnant. I'm afraid of losing the baby. I'm afraid I won't be a good mother. Like there's so much fear in that. And it's like, how do we change that to feeling empowered in ourselves as women? And one of the things I love about that book is like, it's like, just talks about that. Like you could get pregnant in five years, but you know what? You could start talking to your spirit baby today and meditating on it and then feel better. You know, I actually love that because that's when you were talking, I was actually, it kind of like, unlocked a door for me of how much so I used to have a podcast called strategic slide and it was about a feminist-based podcast around sex love and dating Hmm. and how we learn about sex and sexual education is like so backwards and I'm just thinking about when you said like the fear around getting pregnant the fact that like how we're taught about sex is so much fear right Hmm. and the idea around like not getting pregnant young is marketed as the worst thing that could ever happen to you. And of course that's not true. And maybe it's inconvenient for sure. And there's, but there's usually a lack of education of why teens get pregnant young. And so we are instilled this, like, don't get pregnant. What, what does the guy say? I mean, girls, like don't get pregnant or you will get pregnant and die or whatever. And so we're told these messages. And then there's this weird time I've been noticing this now I'm 25 and I have one friend out of my circle who is like now pregnant. I'm going to her baby shower in two weeks. It's so strange for me because none of my friends have entered that journey yet. And it's kind of that call where they call you and they say, are you like, Oh my gosh, I'm pregnant. And I literally was like, what are you going to do? She's like, no, no, I'm going to keep it. Like, this is exciting. I was like, Oh shit. Cause 
for so long, we've had this fear around like, if we, you know, got pregnant young and we weren't ready, like it'd be so much fear and anxiety around it. But I think that that has blocked a lot of conversations of like the beautiful things to prepare for that time, whether we're ready now, but to like almost nurture the mindset around it and like the way the energy and the things that were really like the seeds that we're planting now for that time to come. So I'm going to read that book. And I just had to like point that out because I feel like that might be also the thing that blocks people from even thinking about being proactive because we're fed these fears and anxieties at such a young age around sex, which is obviously how we procreate. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Like I went on birth control at 16 because Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't want to get pregnant. It's good. Same thing. It's going to ruin my life, you know? And I was on birth control for like seven and a half years or so. And I had to come off of it. And then I didn't even understand that you can only get pregnant for like five days out of your cycle. Technically, like technically you ovulate for 24 hours and sperm can live inside you for five days. That's like how that works. When I was younger, I was, I was like, Oh, I can get pregnant any day, any day you touch me and I could get pregnant. Like there's so much fear. Right. And so then you go on birth control and then birth control screws up your hormones and you get all of these symptoms. And it's like, Oh, like it's just a disaster. But then you're right. You come out of it and you come off of it and you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to get pregnant right now. And then you learn all these things of like, yes. oh, this <laughs> only 24 hours. Oh shit. Like, did I miss it? Did, what is it tomorrow? Right. It's all these things. So, oh, it's so backwards. Like you said, and I wish like we could just empower young women to understand it more. Um, sure. You know? One of my favorite game-changing supplements that got released this year is Fatty 15, which is just changing how we see essential fatty acids. C15, the first essential fatty acid discovered in over 90 years, is at the heart of Fatty 15. This science-backed award-winning supplement is setting a new standard for long-term health and wellness. Imagine reversing cellular aging, achieving whole body and mind health, Fatty 15 offers three times more cellular benefits than omega-3, targeting and reversing the core of how we age. If you value omegas for your hormonal health like I do, Fatty 15 is a revelation for menstrual well-being. It's the breakthrough that we've all been waiting for. But there's a lot of other benefits just other than the hormones. It is more than a supplement. It is a lifestyle game changer. Say goodbye to those days of feeling sluggish and hello to a renewed sense of vitality. Whether you're an athlete looking to optimize your performance or someone simply aiming to improve your overall well-being, or maybe you're also interested in longevity and anti-aging, Fatty 15 is definitely for you. This is one of the best supplements I discovered this year, and I am so, so thankful that I did. You can use my link in the show notes to to get a discount off of Fatty15. They don't have any discount codes, so you have to use my link if you want to save. And I highly suggest you do so and add this to your stack of supplements today. You can oh yeah, my first time I like could think about it, uh, the anxiety I had. I legitimately thought I was pregnant, oh. and we used every protection in the book. There were oh, there were no. condoms and birth control involved, and yet I still believed I was pregnant because oh. it was like my worst fear because of the what we've been fed. Of like, yeah. it wasn't even the fact that I was afraid to have a baby. Of course, I would not have been prepared at that age, but like, wouldn't have been the worst thing. 
honestly, no, I think my, my parents would have been so excited, whatever. Right. But when I think about it, it was more the, the label because we had those shows on MTV of teen mom and the way that women were like really just seen as like, so, so disgusting to be pregnant that age, but then like decades or generations ago, women were having babies the minute that they could, like my grandparents, both my grandmas got married or got married and then had children by like 15, 16. Like they were young to start popping out kids and that was generational differences. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And now we have, it's like one in eight couples struggle with infertility. So it's just, it's so, it's just so hard because yeah, so many people go on this journey of like avoid at all costs and then you come off of it and then you can't get pregnant but you want it so badly, but then you were just avoiding it for 10 years, but now you want it so badly and you can't have it. And it's Mm -hmm. like, it's the mental load of that in itself on a woman is insane. Um, And it's so heavy, you know, and women take that on. Like, again, men, I think are somewhat involved and obviously they get tested. A lot of people are getting tested now, which is great. Um, But it's the woman who takes it on who says like, I can't get pregnant. What's wrong with me? Like the broken, it's broken identity because also like, so just go back to what we were just talking about in terms of like sexual education too. If you think of like overall gender differences and the way that we've been fed in under the patriarchy, like women's role is to have babies. And so if you don't have babies, whether by choice or by lack of like for like infertility, then you are broken. You are not of like of service to society. If you look at it traditionally. Right. And like how fucked up. (laughs) Yeah. It's so wild. Wow. I'm my mind is going up like a thousand miles a minute right now. It's really taking me back to these conversations that like really made me so inspired, but it's not stuff I've talked to about or tapped into in a long time. I think for me, my endometriosis was so like kind of a traumatizing five-year experience that I didn't want to almost like go into any other conversations to look into the future because it was like I just feel like I got to like a homeostasis like then what and I'm still on the pill and it does I've actually been talking about this a lot recently of like I think I need to figure out what's next with someone who has endometriosis because like I don't get my period from this pill and that has a lot of pros to it, but the cons of the pill and what it could do to fertility long-term, I don't know that I'm willing to gamble that anymore. Yeah. I was kind of in a similar boat, like not with endometriosis, but just being like, this can't be the only solution to my hormonal problems that I was having. Um, and then I started tracking my cycle naturally, taking my temperature every morning, understanding the temperature changes when you ovulate and when your period comes. Um, and I did that for five years after birth control. Wow. Yeah. So now I have all of this data that I can look back and be like, when I was this age, this is how long my cycle was, you know, and all of these things. Um, so the app that I use is called natural cycles, which is in, in my opinion, the best one. Um, I think they're the only one that's FDA approved, which was like something that I looked into, but I wish that I had known that when I was younger though. Like I wish I had tracked my cycle from 16 and understood ovulation and and just understood things more, you know, but I was thrown under birth control. My God, 
I think I was 14. I had my period. I got my period at like the age of 11. And I had such wicked issues that they just Mm. threw me on the pill way before I ever started to like engage in any kind of sexual activity. So it's kind of interesting to think back because I don't know, like the relationship to the way that like you think about yourself and your body can be so heavily impacted by these things. And it's such a important part of like puberty for especially for young girls and the way that we're taught to kind of like hide away from it. And, you know, like I remember the trauma of like having to go to the bathroom in the middle of class in elementary school. You have to like go to the back and grab like your little pouch that has the little... The little things you have the tampons (laughs) and the pads it would be like in a cute little makeup bag or a pencil case or something and try to like shove it under your like jacket or something so none of the guys saw like it was just this such a weird topic and so those experiences can inform us to shy away from these topics and conversations moving forward whether we like realize it or not it can be something that we just like don't feel comfortable because of the way that we were raised to talk about the stuff yeah absolutely and there's just so much shame in general Like there's so much shame around women's health. There's so much like taboo, like don't talk about it. Like, like you were saying, I think it's getting better. Like today, I think it's better than it was, Mm. you know, 10 years ago. I'm curious how young girls in school feel now, you know, like the 12 year olds, how do they feel about having their period in school? Is it an open dialogue and it's cool now, or is it still this like shameful thing that's a part of being a woman and you have to like hide it? I would love to like interview one on my podcast. Yeah, that's actually a really good idea because I actually now I'm curious the same thing. I feel that things have shifted a lot over time, which is hallelujah. Thank God we're like making progress. It's just, it's it's a slow process, right? Um, But I think that the overall like information is just increasing but I also don't know if these like young girls are listening to podcasts and looking the stuff up on TikTok either so it's like okay how can like how can this be delivered to the people who like need it younger and so that's kind of just an interesting thing that I feel like is going to keep me up at night today yeah (laughs) you think about this all day now (laughs) yeah I feel like there's a lot too like even with pregnancy and miscarriage like you know, you don't announce your pregnancy until over past like 12 weeks, right? Because then your chance of miscarriage goes down so significantly at that point. And it's like, why are we like not allowing women to talk about their pregnancy and then like be open about it? And if they do have a miscarriage, why aren't we there to support them instead of them hiding it, taking it on themselves, dealing with, with it themselves And then trying again later on and then having stress, fear and everything that goes like that. It's just like another way that we shame women and there's like, it's very taboo and we hide it. I've seen some women like announce right away because of that reason. They want to break the stigma and be like, yeah, I'm three weeks pregnant, whatever it is. Um, If I have a miscarriage, like I'm going to talk about it on my platform and this is not going to be something that I hide from the world. So uh, it's, it's kind of everywhere, you know, so it is getting better, but at the same time, it's still kind of everywhere as well. Yeah. What an isolating process to go through the emotions around, you know, like finding out that you're pregnant and whether that's exciting or really nerve wracking for you. For every woman that can be a complete different experience depending on their situation. Right. And then going through that process, whether they have a partner or maybe they don't, and then, you know, navigating like the 
who do they tell? And then if they don't tell anybody and they wait till that time, that like three month mark, it's like, okay, they've been dealing with this for three months to, and like this massive secret that they don't feel like they can tell anyone because of these stigmas. And then you do announce it and then it's out there, but you've been living with this for like almost a season. Right. And that, that Mm. is kind of a weird, I, because I haven't been through it myself, I don't know, but in Mm -hmm. thinking of it, that's so isolating. And then should you do suffer from a miscarriage or issues, then yeah. Like, how do you navigate that? And why, I don't know how I would support someone because I feel like we don't talk about this. I feel like the information out there, it'd be like suddenly like me and a laptop, like Googling away, Reddit threads, TikToks, like, what do you do? Because the conversations around it are very hush hush. Yeah. Yeah. Very hush hush. And very, like you said, isolating, I think is a really good way to put it. And it's sad that it's isolating because so many women go through it. So it's so common. It's not this thing that's like one in a million or something like that. Right. So yeah, I just, it would be nice if we could see more communities come around miscarriage. And I'm sure there are, I'm sure there are like platforms and discussion places and websites and stuff like that, where women can connect who've gone through a miscarriage. But I, yeah, I just, it's just so patriarchal. (laughs) This is just like, this, uh, yeah, I didn't like sound so feminist, but it's fine. But it's just so patriarchal of like hide women and hide the health and hide the issues and Mm -hmm. just only show the perfect part, you know? Um, wow. Yeah. This is so fascinating. I am so excited for your course to launch. That is so exciting. (laughs) I, I could talk about this all day, but I feel like people are going to be like, okay, let's switch gears because <laughs> I can keep going. So I do want to talk to you about something else that has been controversial on TikTok, which is this healing web. Can you tell everyone what this is about? Yeah. Oh, so funny. So the healing web is like a uh, graphic that was made by somebody called Dylan Monroe. Like I did not create it. And essentially it connects the Western side of medicine and the holistic side of medicine. Um, And in the middle is a bunch of different health conditions that you can have. So for example, it'll have eczema and then it'll branch off to the right and it will have all of the natural holistic causes and remedies for it. And then on the left will be the Western approach. So medications, all these different things. Um, and so I started posting videos about it on TikTok, um, and people were just like lost their minds at it. And there's like so many, like, I don't even read the comments, honestly, like so many people <laughs> just saying like, this doesn't do that. And what about this? And like, just, you know, fighting in the comments, which is just so stupid. But anyway, but it's very cool. Like, it's very cool to see such a massive overview. And so this web kind of all connects like a web does. Uh, and I have the poster actually on my wall right here, but yeah, I think, I think it's just interesting for anybody who's really into holistic health and wellness. Um, especially if you're like a practitioner of any kind, I think it's a really great resource to have, to be able to kind of look at what remedies are recommended and how things are interconnected. Absolutely. I thought it was wildly fascinating. So it kind of made me laugh that people were so mad. And like, I dove into the comment section really yeah. quickly. And I was like, okay, like I'm over this, but I saw a bunch yeah. of the videos and all of the ones that you've talked about the healing web had like massive view counts. Like it's something that people yeah. really like yeah. pop off on. And 
I think it's probably because it's like one I've never seen this before personally. So that's probably the same thing of like, wait, what? And then also it's just kind of cool to see like, so for anyone who's listening, Brittany will drag her finger like, so if there's like anxiety or like eczema, like you said, and it'll go towards the like colored line and then it shows all the different information. And so I thought this was really fascinating myself. So I was I just had to hear, like, why is this so controversial? And I guess we don't really know. People are just mad about whatever. (laughs) I think it's like, I think when you talk about holistic health and remedies and stuff, I think it's always controversial. I think there's always somebody who's going to say, like, you know, there is no scientific evidence that this does this, you know? (laughs) So, but the point of that web and those types of things in general is like, yes, scientific evidence there is something to that and we do need to focus on that. But also like there are ancient practices that we as humans have been doing for many, many years in different cultures. So obviously we need to also talk about that and honor that. Right. Yeah. And, I feel like maybe it's just fear then people just are yeah. fearful because I've never heard it before and they just don't know what it is. And so yeah. they get defensive is probably the situation. Yeah. Cause I feel like Maybe I'm different, but like, I feel like I'm so open to that stuff. But I also lead down the like Louise Hay, like you can heal your life Mm -hmm. mindset around physical symptoms. And for anyone, are you familiar with that chart that she has? No, but I, I kind of understand what you're saying. Okay. Yeah. So for anyone who doesn't know and who hasn't read this book, is a book that changed my life, but she has this chart and it's definitely controversial as well. And it kind of made me think about it. And it's this chart that says like all these different conditions and symptoms. And then like what the, I'm just going to say like woo-woo reasoning behind it. So for example, like laryngitis could be like the fear of like speaking up. Like you're like withholding something and you're like, you know, building resentment. Mm -hmm. And it was so wild when I read this because like a lot of the symptoms I was like going through every single one, like, well, I've struggled with this, I've struggled with this, all these things. And they seem to like have a lot of resonance in those times in my life where I experienced like a broken ankle or gut issues mm. or my endometriosis is really bad or skin yeah. issues, knee problems. The back problems was something about like the resistance to feeling supported. I was like, this mm. is so wild, but it pisses a lot of people off. And I think that for some people, they take it as all or nothing rather than like taking bits of it. And then also bridging that with like Eastern medicine and holistic medicine and just like taking what you want and leaving what you don't. My next partner I want to talk about is Athletic Greens. So I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every single day. And I first gave AG1 a try when I was traveling to Costa Rica. I really wanted something to support my gut health, boost my energy, keep my immune system in check, and really just support me while I was traveling and not home. I quickly fell in love with it. And now that I'm back in Canada, I still take it every single day. And I take it in the morning before I have any type of coffee. Typically, it's like the first thing I have in the morning. And it makes me feel just fantastic. I feel like I'm starting my day off on the right foot. I feel like I'm covering all of my nutrition needs right from the get-go, which is super important and such a healthier way to start than just having coffee on an empty stomach right away. So I just, I'm just obsessed with taking it. And 
If you want to take ownership of your health, today is a good time to start. Athletic Greens is giving you a free, wow, (laughs) one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. So those are the same travel packs that I took when I was flying. Go to athleticgreens.com slash biohacking with Brittany. That's athleticgreens.com slash biohacking with Brittany to check it out today. It's also linked in my show notes and on my website everywhere. Yeah, absolutely. I just think we, yeah, I'm the same way in terms of like the symptom or the issue that I'm dealing with. I want to know all different types of ways that I could possibly heal it. I want to know about the chakra that's related to it or the energy around it, because why not? It's not going to hurt for me to mentally go through that and be like, okay, maybe my back pain, maybe I don't feel supported in my life right now. How can I feel more supported? Maybe I need to see my friends more, whatever it is. Like I, I'm just so open to that because I don't think it's going to hurt you at all. Um, it's only going to make your life better in, in my perspective. So, um, I, yeah. And also again, like there's so much out there that we haven't studied that people are not funding the research for because there's not really a lot of money in it. Like there's not going to be money in us trying to figure out how we can associate feeling supported and back pain. Okay. What product is going to come out of that, that we can sell? Big Pharma is like, no, that takes, that takes away from our job. Let's forget about that. (laughs) Exactly. It doesn't make sense. Right. So, um, I think, yeah, you, I just take everything with a bit of a grain of salt, but also I am not sold on like everything having to be super scientifically based. Cause I just think there's way more to life than just that component. I mean, I think for you and I, based on our experiences, like the way that I've described it to people is like the science quote unquote, hasn't necessarily gotten me to where I needed to be with my health and what was yeah. like I was suffering from. I had, when I was I think 13, 14, I asked about endometriosis because I, based on the research and the like symptoms I was having, um, and this was me Googling, like I was really young, just Googling away. And I said to my doctor, I think I have endometriosis. She's like, well, it's impossible for you to have endometriosis. You're on birth control. Mm, Wow. And it was like, okay, wait a second. Now that I've like, now years later, I'm like, that's a wild statement because it's actually not impossible. It's just the fact that they use birth control to often treat endometriosis. And so being able to like, when you, when you've had what, what feels like traditional, um, medicine and doctors, when, when you feel failed by them, you're just more inclined to look at other stuff because you're so, I, I, for me, I got desperate to looking for answers. And so if it's in the woo woo spiritual world, then so be it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. No, like you're spot on. Like when I was a kid, I had sinus issues. So I was on antibiotics all the time. And then as a teenager, I had gut health issues. So where do we think those gut health issues came from? Like, obviously yeah. there's multiple factors, but the antibiotics 100% were at play there. Right. And so, and then going on hormonal birth control and then coming off and then having cycle issues and a mild PCOS scare, whatever. Again, like the birth control definitely had a play into that. So it's that same thing of like, I trusted you to be able to give me this medication to help me. And it helped me a little bit during the time. But then five years later, I actually am worse off and have worse problems now. So why would I trust you again? 
when you failed twice in my life already. And I'm like, yeah, you know? Yeah. Make it make sense. Make Mm -hmm. it make sense. Exactly. Um, and so that's why like, which we don't have to get into, but with the whole COVID and vaccines and everything like that, like that was my hesitation with that. It was like, yeah, like this might help right now, but again, like, where am I going to be in 10 years from making this decision Mm -hmm. for 20 years? And so everyone to each their own, but Mm. I, I, I'm just so cautious now with these things, like yeah. with anything that's prescribed because it's failed me multiple times. Well, okay. We don't have to get into it, but I'm going to, we're going to get into it for two seconds at least. Cause what I want to <laughs> share is that when I got mine, my endo, so I don't get my period with the birth control that I'm on. And I started yeah. bleeding for three weeks, like so intensely, the no. pain I had Like I went to the ER twice because I legitimately thought something was like severely wrong with me. And the first time they sent me home said, oh, you have endometriosis. Oh, you've been diagnosed. Oh, it's just your endo. Go talk to your gynecologist. And then the second visit, I was like, nope, this hasn't gone away. And so they started doing more tests and whatever. And the only thing that they could cop it up to of what was different in my day-to-day life was the vaccine. Not that I'm anti or pro or any of it. Let's just like keep it neutral. But I had that. This is experience I had. And then I said I wanted to report this like in a way that's like, can you keep track of this for people who maybe have endometriosis or whatever? And there's like, they basically just laughed at me and was like, they don't care about this. And I was like, yeah, okay. And then I talked to a doctor later on and they're like, you know, wow, they're not really asking for feedback about this stuff. And I was like. Yeah. Yeah. I'm used to this. I'm used to this conversation when it comes to me and endometriosis. Mm. (laughs) So hard. That's hard because like you, obviously like you made the best decision with the information that you had. Yeah. And then it just sucks that like you had to go through that. And again, you don't know long-term even what that could do for you. I have no idea. And like, Um, yeah, I got all three shots and in hindsight, I don't know if I would do it again, but it's just one of those yeah. things of like where science for me like doesn't always make yeah. the most sense because there's been like there'll be studies and then like 10 years later yeah. they're like, just kidding, none of this stuff is good yeah. for you. And so I think it leaves people feeling extremely powerless. And so what I want to like do to wrap up that is just for people to listen and like be able to empower themselves with what they feel aligned mm-hmm. with and like just being so open to different modalities when the ultimate goal is to live a better life, to have a healthier, more fulfilled, and hopefully like longevity, right? Just to be able to conquer that as a whole, I think everyone can agree that's what they want. So the way that we go about it should be fluid because not everything's going to work for everybody. And it's always tough to like talk about this stuff because I'm sure people can get pissed off, but I'm just, it's kind of like, how do you know until you have these conversations too, that like, wait, because yeah. I posted about Instagram that year. I had 30 women message me that they had like messed up cycles that year, or it, like, it had similar effects on them, like stuff like that. But no one was mm-hmm. posting about it. No one was like rallying about it because it was yeah. just this thing that we've been told is, yeah, that can happen. And then you move on. Yeah. Yeah. You're just like silenced, um, which is just such BS. 
I'm sorry that happened to you. That's just, that's so frustrating to hear. <laughs> so wild, right? Yeah. That's so that was, wild. And I just moved from Ontario to BC when I lived in BC for two years. So it was even more like intense because I didn't have like my family doctors here, which I hated my family doctors. So that didn't mean much, but like to not have my normal kind of people that have my history, like medical records on file and stuff like that was kind of even more just isolating. Cause it was like, okay, who do I call? Who do I talk to? Like, this is really strange. Yeah. Um, and then yeah, to have kind of be blown off by doctors when you're like, are you guys not tracking this? That like someone might have an issue with this thing. Like, no. Okay. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of crazy, but okay. I have two quick things I want to ask yeah. you about raw milk. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Everyone's talking about raw milk. One of my favorite podcasters and influencers of all time. She's also talking about raw milk. It's and funny. so I have to ask you like one, what have you found by consuming it? And two, mm. what do you think of it's like the fact that it's, I think it's still legal. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You have to get so, a dealer to get raw milk. Yeah. It's, wow, um, okay. that's so funny. Yeah. I was definitely on the raw milk train for a while there. Um, it is illegal in Canada right now to buy it and to sell it. So for any Canadians listening, the way you can do like the way that people go around it is there's Facebook groups. So like the BC one is like, I think it's called BC raw milk or something like that. Um, and you just kind of like put your location in and you, oh my gosh. <laughs> like farmers, you get hooked up. Um, and when I was buying it, you actually don't even go to the farm because it's so like hush hush. So there's like a middle person. So I drove out to like an hour away from my place right now. Um, and I would meet this guy and it was so funny the first time I bought from him because you have to pay in cash, obviously. And this guy comes out of this house and it's like this 50 year old Russian bald guy who's jacked because, you know, raw milk is really big in the bodybuilding space. So he comes out holding these two jugs of raw milk. It was so funny. And I'm just on the street and I like slip in my cash and then I take the raw milk and put it in my car, drive away. This is hilarious. It was like such a drug deal moment, which is so oh funny. Oh my gosh. There needs to be like yeah. a sitcom version of this. Like that's yeah. insane. <laughs> Apparently there is, because I made a funny video on TikTok about it a while ago. And someone told me there's an episode of Schitt's Creek about it, but I've never seen Schitt's Creek. So I don't know. But uh, I have seen Schitt's Creek, but like, no, I haven't watched it in years. So now I'm going to have to go back and find that episode because maybe it went over my head at the time because yeah. I didn't know anything about raw milk. I was like, yeah, no. but I feel like yeah. I was listening to, or I watched that when I was in my like oat milk phase and I like legit didn't consume any dairy. So I feel like yeah. anything that would have been talked about raw milk, it literally would have went on over my head. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Oh so my gosh. there's certain States in America that it's illegal, but there are ones that it's not. So it's a little different um, over there, but then you can also find raw goat milk in pet stores in Canada. So I was drinking that for a while and you just buy it for your dog, but you just drink it yourself. Yeah. And you've noticed a difference in consuming that? Yeah. So I don't consume it anymore, mostly because it's just a hassle to try and find it right <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Sounds um, like it. <laughs> yeah. But uh, there are a lot of benefits to it. And there's a lot of people who really like it. I think mm. that um, like I can be lactose intolerant. And so with raw milk, I'm actually tolerant of it because it has the lactase enzyme in it. 
So because it's a whole food, when you're having it, you actually have the enzymes in it to digest all of the proteins, just like breast milk. It's like a whole food like that. Uh, Yeah, because I'm like lactose, but I feel like a lot of people have been talking about this. And I'm like, this is so interesting. So you could have like raw cheese, raw cheese you can get at like Whole Foods. It's pretty accessible. Um, Or you could have raw milk and you wouldn't have as much of a reaction to it as if you were to buy like skim milk from the store that's been like processed and heated and all the enzymes are gone. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So that's That's why everyone loves it is because it's a whole food and it's like very natural and you're getting all of the bioavailable ingredients in it um, in their natural form. So yeah. What kind of milk do you consume now? Like if you like have it in your coffee or something? Yeah. So I make coconut milk now. Um, that's what I'm into. I was on the oat milk trade for a bit, but again, it's like usually contaminated with gluten. It's highly processed, uh, and grains and spicy It made me so bloated and I'm also allergic to gluten. So it said gluten-free on the packaging, but like, I don't know if it was the gluten or whatever, but like I, since I went back to almond milk, I feel great. I'm like an almond milk girly through and through. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So I do, um, yeah, I do coconut and I started making my own actually. So I buy it in like the cans of like, you know, full fat coconut milk. Yeah. I buy it in the cans. I make sure there's nothing else in there. So usually there's two ingredients like water and the coconut milk. Um, and then I'll take an opening can, put it into a glass jar, fill the rest with water, add sea salt and add vanilla. And then that lasts like four to five days in my fridge. Oh my gosh. And that must save you so much money too. Cause like yeah. that stuff is usually expensive, but the cans are cheaper. Definitely cheaper. Five and minute also, labor. Yeah. The thing is, is like I was finding when I was buying the milks, like there's so many extra ingredients in them. There's all of the gums, there's all of the um, sunflower oil and preservatives and all this shit. And I was like, I just want like two ingredients. Like, why is there all this extra stuff in here? And that's what I'm drinking in my coffee in the morning. Sunflower oil? No way. Like, no. Yeah. I've been thinking about this a lot lately. And I'm. it's yeah. like kind of my time to start to pivot because I yeah. just, I know it's not good for me. Yeah. And I look at it and I'm like such a cycle about other things in my health. Right. And so it's just one of those things where I almost, I'm getting to a point where it's just like, yeah. All right, Courtney, like, are you going to stay in the comfort zone and just do what's normal? Or are you going to like prioritize this? Because it's yeah. something that does make me cringe when I think about it too long. Like the, yeah. I have the almond milk creamers that have the vanilla. And like, if I flip over yeah. the label, I don't want to talk about it. Like it's gross. Yeah. Uh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Um, There is a company, there are multiple companies that have started producing um, nut milks that have less ingredients in them. So one of them I just bought yesterday is called Naked. It's probably in in Ontario as well, but it's an almond milk and it has five ingredients in it. And it's like big on the label, five ingredients. So I think it's, I think it's like almonds, water, um, salt, and like two other things, but there's no extra thickeners. Or Additives. Ages. Yeah. Yeah. That's what we yeah. got to avoid. Yeah. That's awesome. Okay. Yeah. I had to ask because if we, if you weren't drinking raw milk, I was like, okay, so what are you drinking? So you're making <laughs> yeah. your own coconut milk yeah. and then you buy like ones that have like the five ingredients kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. Okay. Currently. Yeah. 
And then the biggest topic that I have to, I'd be remiss if I didn't cover it is the colostrum supplement. Mm. Everyone's talking about it. I'm seeing it everywhere. And said favorite influencer that I was talking about raw milk. I believe she's actually investor in Mm. Amra or Amra, however you say it. So I wanted to ask you, because you know so much about this stuff, because I feel like whatever she talks about, I buy without really like, she is that person for me, but I needed to know what your thoughts are. Cause I've seen you post about it a lot. Yeah. That's funny. Um, yeah. Armor is it's, it's interesting. It's technically a whole food as well. So it is, it's like powdered colostrum for people who don't know what that is. It's flavored. The performance one that I have is flavored for chocolate. So you just add it to your water. You want to take like three to four scoops a day. Um, it's a good source of like fat and protein and, got a ton of bioavailable nutrients in it. So people love it because it's like this easy whole food powder that isn't just like synthetic random things put together. And I think that's why it's kind of everywhere right now is like, it's kind of rooted in ancient nutrition or ancestral nutrition. Um, And that's why people are kind of hopping on that bandwagon of like, let's put this in my water and enjoy it. So I like it. I, I don't think it's, I don't think people, everyone needs it, but I think like some people could benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think it's really popular. And then I think that people are friendly, really understanding that like a lot of the supplement industry is not regulated. And so they yeah. seem to have a really like solid background and the way that they've marketed the product and things like that have been really interesting. And there's just I like was pretty sold listening to the podcast and stuff with like the founder and everything. Like I was really, I liked what they had to say and stuff. So I think for a lot of people, they're in this weird, like, how do we make these decisions? Because there were fed all of these different supplements and it can be really trendy, but like, is it good for us? Because there's a lack of regulation with a lot of these things. Um, Mm -hmm. So I'm glad that we quickly just covered that. I'm curious, what are your, like, I don't know if you have to choose like top three supplements or vitamins, what would you choose? Yeah. Um, gosh, this, I, I have like a basket of supplements I take every day. <laughs> so many, um, for women, oh, well, I'm on a prenatal, but that's because of like the life phase that I'm in right now. Um, I think that's super, super important. Um, so that's something that I have to take every single day. And then I also think, um, omegas are really important, like high omegas, um, good quality, um, enough EPA, ideally like over a gram of EPA a day, I think is so important for brain health, for mood, for, um, for, for hormones, like so, so much. And we are not eating as much seafood as we once did. So I think it's really, really missing in our diets. So I think you have a brand that you like of that? Um, yeah, the brand that I use for that is needed and my prenatal is needed as well. Um, they're a bit more expensive, but they are, I think they are the best on the market. Um, so I'll just pay for it. Like I don't mind. Um, and it's an investment. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. They have a ton of research behind all of their products. So I, I really do like them. And then the other thing would be vitamin D, which I think so many people hear all the time, but especially living in Canada in the winter, like you get more sun in Toronto than I do, but that's why I left Vancouver. (laughs) Yeah. Could not deal. I got catfished by the weather. I went there spontaneously. (laughs) 
in May and I like, so there was the month of May I got there. I was only supposed to be there for eight days and I ended up signing a lease and just staying for like almost two years. And I had a really cool life there, but I could not do the fall winters because like the minute September 1st hit, it just stopped ever being sunny and it just rained for months and months and months and we never saw the daylight again. And I was like, I don't know what happened. It felt like California and then went to like darkness. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So you have to be prepared for that. Um, I take between like 5,000 to 10,000 IUs of vitamin D3 a day in the winter, closer to 10,000. Um, and that's for mood, mental health, brain health, again, hormones, vitamin D is in so many different processes in the body. The importance of it cannot be understated. Um, I think everyone I know, I think is on vitamin D when they talk to me about supplements. I'm like, this is like the, I feel like people aren't taking as much as they need though. 10,000. I feel like people aren't taking that amount. I feel like maybe we should all up that because I feel like I only take like maybe 3000 now that I'm thinking about it. So I'm going to up that because my seasonal affective disorder, like is horrible in the winter. Yeah. I would definitely take more. Um, the chances of you overdosing of vitamin D are very, very, very low, very low. Um, like you would have to get your level to be at such a high point. Um, and even then, and also like you would know, like the symptoms of overdosing of vitamin D are like sunstroke symptoms. Oh, interesting. It's it's the same thing. Wow. Okay. I always joke that I'm solar powered and that like (laughs) no supplement can take, but like maybe it's the fact that I haven't taken enough vitamin D because I do take, I'm pretty like organized when it comes to my supplements and routine, but I feel like I'm not taking enough because the vitamin D has been this one thing where I'm like, I know it's important, but I feel like nothing, nothing helps me more than like actually being in the sun in like Mexico or California or like somewhere where it's sunny and I escape for the winter. (laughs) Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would definitely up your dose and do it for a couple of weeks and see how you feel. Like you yeah, can always I'm gonna lower do that. Maybe we're all taking like not enough because I mean it's rough out here in Canada. I don't. Yeah, it is. I don't know. It it's is crazy. And you could also get your levels tested. It's really easy to do a vitamin D test. Like oh, it's interesting. Really easy. How would you suggest people go about that if they want to get that done? Yeah, so like you could do it through your doctor and go through the public health system if you wanted to. Uh, obviously, it's different in the U.S., um, but in Canada, you could do it like that. And just say like the same thing, like you're talking about, but I personally get tested with inside tracker, which is like a at home blood test and they test for 48 different biomarkers. Yeah, it's crazy. So they actually come like in Canada, they come to your house and they take your blood for you. It's like a nurse. And then it gets uploaded onto an app on your phone and on their website. And so they do like all your hormones, vitamins, minerals, everything like that. So oh my best. gosh, I've been wanting to do this just recently because I haven't gotten that tested in so long. I've been yeah. thinking about this, so I'm going to do that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's like they're, so exciting. They're in the States as well, but I just think it's so much better to be informed and make like yeah. smarter decisions once you have your data. Like you can see your vitamin D level and be like, oh, actually it's not that great. I really do need to up my level. And then you could retest and be like, oh, okay, now it's here and I feel better. And now we can see that it's higher. So yeah. It just makes sense, right? 
Yeah. So the numbers give you like that empowerment of really being able to track it. Cause like, I feel that's the one thing I haven't done where I, I don't call myself a biohacker because I'm into the biohacking modalities and I'm into like the holistic practices and all those things, but I don't actually track the, da- the data. Like, yeah, I feel fair. like the minute the numbers come into play, I'm like, eh, like, I just don't, I don't prioritize it, mm-hmm. but there's so many other things that I do track data wise. And I see the the progress. So it's something that I think is now becoming more of a priority to me of like, I need to actually know the numbers to ever get anywhere. And the idea of like what you talked about of tracking your cycle for like five years or something like that just sounds cool. Cause then you can literally look at like this age, this is what I was experiencing. And for me, because I felt so crazy almost in my own mind of what I was experiencing from health problems to like have the data is that's actually, I'm going to get so nerdy about this, but like, it's yeah. so exciting. Cause then you literally, you can't argue with it. Of, of course, there's a lot that, that comes into play with the, that, those numbers, but you have the numbers then. Yeah. Yeah. I think the more you can track the better, like, obviously you don't want to become obsessed. And so like, yeah. there's, <laughs> you, you have to be careful, right? There's like a line of, you know, I'm trusting my intuition. I'm making decisions based on data. But I've also been on the other side where I'm like looking at my aura ring score and I'm looking at my temperature. That's why I haven't bought an aura ring because I feel like I'm a little bit already psychotic about my Apple watch. I don't want to go off the deep end, you know? (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. So there has to be a level of distance, you know, because we can become obsessed and um, you have to be careful. Like I was there last summer a little bit and I like took a break from my aura ring. Like I left it on, I put it on airplane mode, I think for like a month because I was making all of these decisions based off of my data for my sleep the night before. But then I was like, wait, how do I feel? Like, I actually feel great. I can work out today, even though my ring is saying don't work out, but I'm like, I I want to, right? So Mm. you have to kind of like play it off and learn how to balance like how you're feeling, your intuition, how does your body feel, which no app or no thing can ever tell you. And then versus like your data is like, okay, you got this much REM, this much deep sleep, you know, this many hours of sleep, whatever it is. And so you kind of balance that and then work them together. Yes. I love that. That's a great place to end off for everyone too, because I feel like I can get all or nothing. I've been notorious for this. (laughs) It's something that I've talked about on this podcast in all different areas of my life. Um, It's why I'm sober. It's why I don't diet. It's why I don't really track macros, right? Because I can get in that all or nothing mentality. And so being able to just prioritize, like leaning into your intuition, how do you feel? And like connecting with yourself for me, that is a process of like grounding in the morning, like meditating, whatever. And like, literally like, how do I feel and see what comes up for you? Cause your body always tells you what, what it kind of needs as well. And then it's just kind of like our responsibility to kind of go and find what it needs to nourish our bodies effectively, I believe. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're spot on. Um, and it sounds like you're doing a lot of the, the good practices that you should be doing. So thank you. We're, we're trying out here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> After exactly. so many years of hating my body and destroying yeah. it in so many ways, it's really important to me to yeah. like nourish it in the proper ways and to like optimize it. Cause for a long time, I was not giving it the care it needed. So it's something Aww. that's a really high priority for me. But This episode was so incredible. I hope everyone is taking away all the takeaways that I'm um, walking away with. Where can everyone find you? How can they work with you? Are you accepting new clients? I'll 
plug everything in the in the bio as well. But if you could just pimp yourself, yeah, out. yeah. So biohackingbrittany.com, uh, Instagram is biohackingbrittany, TikTok is biohacking. Um, and then I have a, pod, a podcast, Biohacking with Brittany. It's like all kind of the same name Perfect. everywhere. Um, yeah, you can join. I think there's a wait list on my website. Yeah, there is for uh, consultations if you want to work together. And I'm also redoing my new website right now, actually. But follow on socials because that's where my Baby Steps course will be announced. And you can join there. And same if you want to work together. Amazing. And that comes out next year? Yes. Awesome. Yeah. That's going to be so exciting. I love yeah. the name. I can't can't get oh, over it. That's so cute. <laughs> Brittany, thank you so much for coming on. This was such an enjoyable episode. Everyone, please go stalk her. I'll have everything linked below. Thanks for listening to another episode of Biohacking with Brittany. If you're interested in finding the show notes or the sponsors for this episode, you can do so on my website, which is biohackingbrittany.com. Remember to follow me on Instagram where I'm most active. My handle is at biohackingbrittany. And if you're interested in working together and you want to email me directly, you can do that. My email is info at biohackingbrittany.com. And I look forward to hearing from you and having you tune in next week.